Kotaku tokotoko, kote kohangario. My walking stick carries me as kohangario carries me. Tēnei te mihiki a tātou katoa i tahuri mai ana ki te hōtaka nei a te ahika. I'm Justine Murray and you're with Te Ahika, our weekly update on all things Māori here on Radio New Zealand National. Coming up, we continue our coverage of the work that Dame Katsarina Mataira has done over the years. We delve into the archives to bring you a glimpse of her life back in that time and sometimes it can be prophetic. People in each area should be allowed to develop their own kohangareo as they see fit, as they think it will suit their people and their children. Uh, There were two ideas presented. One was, or at least one of our members said, our queers are not sure that they want a kohangareo that is entirely in Māori. They want a kohangareo that uses the two languages. So those words were from Katsarina Mataira from 1982. Almost 28 years later, Māori are still fighting to retain their language. Currently, it's about the future of kohanga reo. Um, for me, it's about the rights of kohanga and having our own say. Having our own say as a kaupapa and, um, yeah, just letting us be Māori. Now you're holding a placard. What does it say? Kahunga no te kohanga reo National Trust. And I'm at Te Roro o Te Rangi Marae in Urotsurua, where Vicky Bana takes me around the marae. What's evident is the easy availability of Ngafa, that's the thermal hot springs, right in their backyard. Where that water is, there's a Ngafa over there under all those boxes. Explain what a Ngafa is, uh, The Ngafa is a hot, water, a hot water spring where we can cook our koura, the river had koura, corn, Rewai, if you just want to put it in your kitty and put it in the nafa, it's a hot, hot pool that the temperature stays constant. Koe ranga kaupapa mo tēnei hōtaka a Tiahika. That's what's coming up in Tiahika. Kia mau mai te rongo. Kei te pakarongo mai rā ki Tiahika. Barbershop singing is a form of a cappella that originates from the States and has its own style of arrangement and harmony. Barbershop has become very popular with annual competitions both in New Zealand and around the world. At a recent international contest held in Kansas, a polished group of young Polynesians took second prize as a quartet. They hail from Samoa, the Cook Islands, Niue and Aotearoa. Musical Island Boys. Kia ora, boys. Kia ora, hey, go. Nice to have you guys in the whare, man. Tiahika. I'll first of all get you guys to uh, introduce yourself, please. Uh, where you're from, your iwi hapu, where your, your islanders. Fantastic. 
Cool. Hi, everyone. My name is Jeff Hunkin. I sing tenor in the musical Island Boys. My dad is from Samoa, and my mum is from the island of Niue, so um, I'm half-cast, and I'm very proud to be so. I'm 24 years old, and I currently work for uh, TradeMe as a communications and account manager, and uh, I went to Victoria University and studied a Bachelor of Arts, and uh, as did all of us, we all went to Tao College for high school. Hello for everyone, my name is Lusa Washburn, um, I am full Samoan, I'm 25 years old as well, um, my dad is from um, the village of Whakoia and my mum is from the village of Salva'i in Samoa. Um, currently I'm working uh, for the Salvation Army, I manage a home for troubled teens, um, just a, a safe house um, for, our, for our young ones who are in trouble. Um, I'm the lead singer and um, yes, the best looking of the quartet, thank you. <laughs> Hi everyone, Talofa. I'm Matt Gifford and I sing the bass part uh, in the Musical Island Boys. I'm 25 years old um, and my mum is uh, from Ngātikahungunu, Kitawairoe and Ngātuhoe. My father's uh, from the Cook Islands. He's uh, from the small island of Penryn uh, in the Cook Islands and uh, actually I am the best looking of the cool talent. <laughs> 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 Um, hello everyone, this is Will from the Musical Island Boys, I sing the baritone part, uh, 25 years of age, and um, yeah, I'm the older brother of, of Jeff Hunkin, who sings the tenor with us. Um, I currently work at TradeMe as well, I work for the jobs team, uh, we look after everyone that's uh, looking for jobs and also posting jobs on online as well. Um, yeah, my, I'm part Samoan and part Nguyen, and um, yeah, went to Victoria University and um, Tawa College with the rest of the boys. Kia ora, kia ora. No my Haramai musical, musical island boys. Now there's a common thread, Tawa. Is that where this all began? Absolutely. We uh, started our barbershop career as such um, in high school. Um, I was 12 years old and I, I'm the youngest of the quartet. And uh, this particular uh, group uh, formation of the Musical Island Boys came together in 2002 at Tower College when Matt came down uh, from Palmerston North to Wellington with his family. So we have been at it for a number of years uh, with, our, with our roots and origin, you know, firmly based in Tower uh, from Tower College. So uh, we, we hold that place uh, very dear to our hearts. I mean, you guys have been busy. I went onto your website and you've got a whole, I mean, reads like a like a you know five centimeter thick CV, so you've had you've you've gone you've done a lot for such a young twenty mid twenties group barbershop quartet. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we've been um, really privileged to. I mean, it's it's an opportunity that we've continued to pursue, and with that, you know, opportunities just keep opening up. You know, we um we've been going for over ten years now, and and every year we've always had gigs here, gigs there, and um, one thing's always led to another, and we've had the privileged to travel overseas to you know to Korea and Japan and and travel over Australia and all over the United States and um, you know that's something that we really really enjoy doing and um, really enjoy uh, using our, our talents to, to entertain the crowds mm. now this is radio obviously so sometimes when we don't have the luxury of visuals like you do in TV I describe my guests so I mean you know you're tall Polynesian brown boys Māori Nguyen, Samoa, Māori how do you incorporate your own <laughs> But no taiahao, no, where's that at? Um, how do you incorporate, if you do at all, your culture within what you do as a barbershop quartet? That's a, that's a good question. I mean, I guess we have to kind of remember first and foremost that barbershop is a, is a very traditional American craft. Um, and so, but 
you know, in, in, in all our endeavours, competitive and otherwise, something that we've always wanted to hold on to is what makes us unique, unique as people, uh, unique as performers and unique as an ensemble. And that, of course, is our, our cultural identity. It's something very different, um, very unique, and, and probably what makes our, our group kind of stand out in, on the international scene. It's certainly what people remember, if you will, um, because we are so different in those ways. And um, and so we, I, I mean, in terms of vocals, we have a we have a very rich kind of warmer vocal texture, which which we would um, associate with our with our Polynesian heritage. If you listen to our our Polynesian brothers and sisters when they when they sing, they just have these huge, warm, wonderful, round voices that just you know that just hug the hug the um, the listener. Uh, and and the challenge for us is really being. Um, trained to kind of define that and, and finesse that sound so that it satisfies what the judges in the barbershop style are looking for, which is this kind of sharp, ringy, bright sound um, that with, with with ringing harmonics and um, and all of those things. So, you know, it's um it's kind of been a it's been a difficult thing over time, especially as we, you know, as we we've moved up in the ranks of the of the barbershop style. I think, if I understand the 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 origins of barbershop correctly, it was actually more, more of a Black American uh, underground kind of style. Um, the barbershop harmony society, as it is now, is is um, I guess has evolved over time, and very much kind of its membership is largely comprised of 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 what you'd imagine America to be today. Um, and and so and I think the styles evolved evolved with it as well. But yeah, we've had this really exciting opportunity, especially this year at the international contest, to bring a bit of our own language uh, uh, into into the contest. Thanks to a recent rule change, um, which allows non-English lyric to be sung at the competitive level of of barbershop singing, as long as as long as the 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 intent of the lyric is made clear to the judges and to the audience, then it, it still satisfies the the criteria for competitive barbershop. So so we were very lucky to do that. Um, this year with a, a great friend of ours and a ranger called Tom Gentry who um, did a barbershop arrangement of uh, Po Now's the Hour, which we sang in our final set this year in Kansas City. Awesome. Thank you very much. Now, speaking of Po we're going to launch into the song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kiss me, then leave me in sorrow. Here, love, I give you my heart, my heart. I know you return some glad
like the sun through the trees, like a warm island breeze, are the light of your smile and the words that you say. Darling, soon we must part, and it's tearing my heart. Every heart understands when I pray. Tereko hoki onga waiata. Kia ora, Matt Gifford, Jeff Hunkin, Will Hunkin, and Marcellus Washburn, aka the Musical Island Boys, who were placed second in the world at this year's Barbershop International Competition in Kansas. Now, for more information about MIB, you can head to our web page, radionz.co.nz forward slash te ahika. This week, the Kohanga movement has begun another campaign to gain recognition as different and separate from the mainstream early childhood centre model. On Monday, about three to 400 people held a protest hikoi from Parliament to the Waitangi Tribunal, where Iritana Tafifirangi presented an urgent claim for it to be protected. The Trust lodged the claim in response to a Ministry of Education report which wants the movement to comply with early childhood centre regulations. I was there amongst the Kohangareo Fano and supporters to get their reaction. Kia ora. Um, which Kohangareo are you from? Um, I'm a Kaupapakai district, Kaupapakai mahi for Ngāti Kaurinanau. 
So you went through Kohanga through your whole life? Right. How did Kohanga affect your life? Being brought up with my grandparents in Kohanga just made me feel good being in Kohanga, graduating into a kura kaupapa. Right now we're heading up the terrace here in Wellington. It's a cold uh, winter's day. We've had snow on some of the Orungarunga ranges in Wellington. And many uh, Kohangareo whānau have gathered down here. There's probably about 300 people. Putanoi Te Motsu from, from throughout New Zealand. Where are you from? Uh, Wanganui. Wanganui, and why are you here today? Oh, to support uh, Kohangareo. Yeah, which Kohangareo are you uh, from? Te Rangahawa te Kohangareo. Um, Did you go through Kohangareo? Yep, when what I was does, a little boy. Yep, what does Kohanga mean to you? Oh, a lot of things. Uh, yep. <laughs> like, like what? Aroha, te Wakawanaungatanga. Yeah. Now, what will it mean to you if Kohangareo and the National Trust Office are closed? Oh, uh, Oh, Devastating. Yeah, it's going to be hard. Yeah. How old are you, Eriwira? Uh, 14. 14, so you're on to what? College now? Yeah, college now. Have, are you carrying on through your te reo Māori? Yep. I Do take your... te reo Māori at school, so. <laughs> Cousins and brothers and sisters go to Kohanga? Yep. Kapai. How many of you came down? Or came, yeah, down? <laughs> Two vans. <laughs> Two van loads. Yeah. It's kia ora. Okay, Justin Murray here with uh, Parekura Horomea. Kia ora, parekura. Kia ora, Jose. You, you are all ready to hikoi, eh? Yeah, yeah, ready to go. Well, what's going to happen to Kohangareo? Oh, nothing will happen to Kohangareo. Kohangareo is very strong, long life, and uh, as you see here today, no matter what the politics are, um, the Kohangareo is a surviving organisation. And it's not just about education for our tamaliki, it's about... Um, their language, and that's what you see here today. Great gathering and a lot of effort by the fun. What will be presented at the Waitangi Tribunal? 
oh, well, just their anxiety and how they want their case defined and uh, those things that, you know, are relevant to any treaty settlement. They feel hard done by, and today they're expressing that. Coverage there from this week's protest in support of Kohangareo or Language Nests in Aotearoa. And we'll be looking at that story further in upcoming Te Ahika. Every marae in Aotearoa has its own special localness, something special that is native to the location, whether it's stunning views or plentiful kaimwana or produce grown locally. The grapevines nearby Tuamatine Marae in Blenheim, the abundance of fruit and kaimwana at Tiafina Marae in Motiweka. For Te Roro Terangi Marae or Henemutu Rotirua, it's the nearby Ngāwha or thermal mineral baths at their disposal. Ngā marae o te motu. Justin Murray Radio New Zealand National Tiahika here in uh, Rotorua on a somewhat uh, slightly overcast, normally chilly day <laughs> for two o'clock in the afternoon anyway. And I'm here um, at uh, Te Roro o Te Rangi Marae with my, um, get, oh, my, my host of this particular marae. Kia ora. Kia ora. Vicky Tukofai Bana. Nungataha te maunga, utahina te awa, te roro, te rangi, te hapu, te roro, te rangi, te iwi, te arawa, te waka. Kia ora. Kia ora, Vicky. So where did you, where were you born and raised and where did you grow up? Uh, I was born here in Rotorua, at, up in, on Pukero Hill. Um, the, the ancestral home of Ngāti Whakaui. Um down to Ohinamutu and spent my first six weeks in the back of Te Aumarama with my parents, Ambo and Honey. And then I was picked up by a queer and, brought up, and taken away and brought up with them for the, the rest of my life so far, um, further on down the road in Ohinamutu, uh, the centre of Ngāti Whakaui. <laughs> Where is Te Aumarama? Te Aumarama was the um, was the old Saint Faith's Church hall, and we used to live in the back room. Um, my parents, my older brother, two older brothers, and an older sister. Te Roro Te Rangi is built in Ohinamutu. Um, the the Fenua is Te Quido Three B, so the Marae is Te Quido, the Farinui is Te Roro Te Rangi. And the Farikai is Kaimatai, after his wife from Tapuika. Um, we we face the river, the Utahina River, because in the old days that was the mode of transport. So everyone came in off the river. So everyone thinks we are back to front Marae because now the road runs at the back of us. But right, say, mm. like you drive down the a small, uh, quite a narrow road, and you see. Instead of the front of, like, the maho, you can't right. see that. You see um, immediately the back of it. What do you mean by the, the stream was used as a, as a mode of transport? Well, of course, in the old days, they only had waka. They didn't have cars. And um, the Takofai family is a very big family um, that is situated at Waitati. That's at Nungataha, over at Ōwhata, at... Um, 
shopping area was an area with the shops and they used to um, you know come over on their waka um, come here to Ohinamutu, park their waka up in the river will pull them up into the onto the banks do their shopping if it was late at night or if there was a hui on uh, they'd stay in the in the whare mm. and then depart mm. whenever they wanted to after days of being here and it was just a stopping place for the whānaus to stay. So when you when you when you talk about waka, you're talking. A, you're not. I mean, not waka ama. Not waka ama or the yeah. huge yeah, just, just navigation the little, waka. I, I'd presume, presume the little two seater ones that would bring uh, the queer and the karawa over. You know, and um, they'd stay here. Yep. They had a place. Like a little dinghy. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, a Māori dinghy, not not one that you rode. Mm. And what period of time would, would this have been through, the, what, the 19... Turn of the century or the...? Turn of the century up to the 30s, I'd say. Yeah. Kapai. And um, Te Roro, uh, um, on the block next to us, there was another little whare called Turipuku, but that burnt down, and apparently one of our, one of our karaua had a... Disagreement as they do with brothers over at All Fata. So he said, I'll oh, blow you. And he jumped on his walker and rode, uh, paddled it over here and built the first little fuddy here. And um, as, it, as time went by, it got bigger and bigger. And now it is um, the fuddy tupuna for Te Rorota, Te Rangiki, Ohinemutu. When this Kraua did that, is, is the original. Hapu of Te Roro Te Rangi from Ofata. They like to think so, but no, we say the Te Roro Te Rangi is from Ohinamutu. So we are si- uh, sitting uh, just under the maho here of the. It's not a huge whare nui, is it? It's not a huge whare nui. Um, there are three whare, uh, three marais on our road, which is very small, and we like to say we're the little one. Um, even though we are the old, the oldest son, uh, Te Roro Te Rangi, then down to Tunohopu, but we're the little one. And the third one is Tamiti Kapua. Uh, and that is the that is the meeting house of Tiarawa, you know. Um, but um, Te Roro for a long time was just a Fano Marae. What do you mean by just a Fano Marae? It belonged to the Fano that the Finua belonged to. And it wasn't integrated into Nati Fukaui as a whole. So Te Roro was a standalone marae that belonged to the Fano, to the Hapu. What can you tell us about um, when the Whare Nui or the Marae was opened, the carvers of the uh, Po outside the Marae? Um, the Marae, like I said, was one of the was from Wofata came over here and built this marae and his name was uh, Hokiwaho. And over the years the marae has been enlarged. Um, the main worker, we were told, was Uncle Mana Thomas who went all over the rohe working on different marais all over the place. His cousin, Bully Stanley. Um, his other cousin, Rawiri Te Kamu. And Ambrose, 
Ambo to Kawhi, and that they built them. They slowly added on to this Buddy Tipuna to make it bigger, and the carvers were Mana Thomas, who you know who was apparently an excellent carver, and he's been put down as a carver of many marae all over the rohe. Um, and the place fell in disrepute, of course, being a, a family marae. And what do you mean by disrepute? Oh, not disrepute, but Just into fun. disrepair and everything. Oh, okay. You know, um, needed some it needed, TLC. It needed a very lot of TLC. Um, at one stage, the the roads in Ohinamutu belonged to the people, so the council wouldn't do the sewerage and everything right. and you know and then um the marae was just left dormant not dormant there was always someone here but the whanos grew up and grew away from the marae and one family seemed to be the dominant family on the marae and other families would go oh we're not going there mm. as families do as families do and um as as the time's gone through um, and the families have grown more close together with the younger the younger ones coming up and um, the manakitanga and everything's the whole aspect of this marae has changed and uh, very orient fano orientated now and um, it's just leap uh, growing in leaps and bounds. And um, it's now a beautiful marae. Everyone who comes here <laughs> says the wairua is beautiful. They love coming here. And we like to say that this marae is more a marae for learning, uh, for those people who are who have never been, for our own people who have never been on marae and don't know what to do, they find coming here first is mm. so easy. And, um, you know, they've been... Given all these horror stories, how rigid, how rigid it is on marais, but they find coming here first helps to break that ice and gives them that confidence to go on to their marais all over the place. And um, so, Teruro Terangi, as it stands now, is a marae for learning, a marae to afi along all our people, no matter where you come from. Mm. Yeah. Kia ora, kia ora Vicky. So we're, standing, we're sitting down the, uh, under the maho, as I said Hi. before, and uh, you've got a pretty lovely view of Mount Nongataha. I can see Skyline Skyrides uh, <laughs> up there and the gondolas going up. So, yes. I mean, it's, pretty, it's, a, it's quite a lovely view. Uh, it's on a north-facing north, uh, view, so the sun, the sun usually comes around and stays here all day. Um, the sun rises in the east, of course, and comes around and goes down behind Mount Nongataha our maunga, but it's just one of those days when when the sun's not going to come up <laughs> and perform for us. So we're going to go for a quick uh, little hikoi, just around the marae. Down to the river. Yeah. So we're heading to the river, and you said it was the... The Utahina River. Utahina River, and right. the home of all the pūkeko. Of the pūkeko, and that, that uh, is the river that pertains to this marae. So there's uh, quite a few whare scattered around this area. 
It is. Okay. There is. And uh, mainly all whānau. Yep. Kepe Eho's whare there, who was a famous Māori um, orator. Kepa Eho. Yeah, from World War Two and Oh yes, so we're looking down at the uh, at the river. Only a few steps away from the marae. Gee, the kids will have to be careful eh, when there's kids here. Not really, it's shallow. Oh, it's very shallow. <laughs> oh, okay. The only thing you'd have to watch out for in Ohinamutu, we have abundance of hot water. Yes. So we've got hot water all up and down these places, running into the river. Yeah, there's steam coming out over there from the pot, uh, the hot water. Over there is another natural hot spring that the council have had to. The council do try to block them up and everything, but it just breaks through. And um, is that dangerous for the nearby whānau who have houses here? No, because we've brought up with it. Uh, and you know, we always say to all our babies when they get their boon, you, you've got your first pa boon. <laughs> now pa you, boon. The pa boon. Now you know not to go near hot water, and they pretty well learn. So down there in the river we can see some bubbling. Does it, is this warming up, does that warm up the lake? It does, it warms up right there actually where, where the hot water is going. But no, it doesn't warm up the river. The river runs down to Sorry, Lake, the river. Rotu, lake Rotorua. Ngāwha, where are the Ngāwha at? Where? That, where that water is, there's a Ngāwha over there under all those boxes. Explain what a Ngāwha is. Uh, the Ngāwha okay. is a hot water a hot water spring where we can cook our kōra, the river had kōra, um, corn, riwai, if you just want to put it in your kiti and put it in the nafa, it's a hot, hot pool that the temperature stays constant. And um, I know that at Tunuhupu they have um, bathing nafa. Yes, and we have bathing nafas here too. (laughs) And across the road um, was the kōpara that used to be used by all the hospitals in uh, Rotorua. What's the kōpara? The kōpara was the name of the bath, but the water, all the different nafas around here have different waters, and the water from the kōpara was radium. 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 And it, it's the quality of the water? How does it get... Well, I, I, it must be something in the ground. Yeah. and the minerals. Yeah, the minerals. And you can change the minerals from house to house along here, but I think two houses still have the radium bars, and it's the heat that gets into you, and Warms an you hour later it's still... Yes. You can still feel it. Um, like Waka have their, um, their oil bars. The, the water in some of their baths are like uh, Johnson's baby oil. So it's really? called the oil baths, and that's a different kind of water. Then there's just the mineral waters and all of that. But, you know, the park here came down and did intensive research on all our different waters so that we know, oh, this is radium, this is mineral. Walker's got the oil baths. And um, different degrees of softness, different degrees of... Um, how they keep you warm and all of that. Because, like, when I, I mean, years ago yeah. when, I, when I went for a ngāwha at Tunohupu, you, you have a ngāwha, and I think it's like maybe 10 or 15 minutes, and, like, it warmed me so much that you kind of fall asleep. You fall asleep with you, it. Um, you must be very careful if you're new to the hot water <laughs> because it can put you to sleep uh. because people aren't used to it. 
and it is it is so relaxing. It's so relaxing. You just, you know, if you want, if you have kids that are, you know, ha and driving you a bit porting, go, oh, go and give them a hot nap and, and knock them and out. And they're knocked out by so, six o'clock. And knock them out that way. Do you still go for nap yourself? Every day. Every you're so day. lucky. I was going to say spoiled, but no, you're not spoiled. You're lucky. Oh, it's the only way, you know, and, and we morning, know. Morning, night. Morning and night. And um, most of us who are born here know strangers because if you're from here, you know, you don't hop into the barbs in your underwear. You go in all, stark you know, naked. stark naked, yes. yes. And, and you see all these new ones come in, looking there and covering themselves <laughs> and, and you watch them and you, oh, you know, <laughs> and most of the old ones will say, Oh, darling, have you got something that we haven't got? <laughs> Is it made of gold or something? <laughs> oh, you know? yes, well, might be. Oh, yeah, well, you know, because you're, you, you're all tight-knit community, eh? So We're a tight-knit community, just... but saying that, you know, it doesn't worry us if the football team come and we all just sit there because nakedness means nothing to us. It's not that we're going to sit there and pervert each other. Of course. And, and because yeah. we all go, oh, anyway, what, what they can see they don't want. <laughs> and most of us have got big flaps covering everything, so they can't see anything anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kia ora, kia ora, Vicky. <laughs> kia ora, Vicky te kōwhai bāna there from Te Roro o Te Rangi Marae o Henematu Rotorua. And there are a couple of pictures of my visit to the marae on the Tiahika webpage. Next week, I'm with Piata Melbourne, who is working with friend and musician Natapa Black, bringing together some well-known artists to put their spin on her Uncle Sid's music. Now, that's Hidini Melbourne's music. Some of those artists will be Rhea Hall, Macy Rika and Jason Kerrison. If you want to listen again to this or previous shows, head to radioNZ.co.nz forward slash teahika. That's T-E-A-H-I-K-A-A. Anaira a parekura horomia with this week's Fakatoki. Oh, kia tu. A krawa ngā kuia. A tōku tuko tōko. Ko te kohangara. In English... The thing that carries me as I journey on, like my walking stick, is the kaupapa of Kuangara. He mihi tēnei ki ngā kai kōrero e tēnei wiki. He mihi poroporoa ki tēnei ki te whānau whānui a Fetsu Tirikatene Sullivan, who died last week aged 79 years old. She served as a Labour MP from 1967 to 1996. And to Larice Megan Joe, the president of the Māori Women's Welfare League, Larice of Ngāti Pāhauwera, Tūhoe and Tūwharetua, was nominated the Ikaroa delegate for the Māori Women's Welfare League in 2002 and elected president in 2008. She was also a regular book reviewer here on Tiahika. He mihitine ki tō whānau, me te whānau o tōna hoa, a Miriana Pittman. He mihi anō ki ngā kai rā wikiwiki mihini, hoki mai hei tērā rā tāpū, mai te whanua tiahi kā ki a koutou katoa, mauri ora.